Yo, what up, what up, what up? It's Q Air Sinceri, also known as QT. And this episode of the NFT QT podcast is brought to you by the NFT Handbook. The NFT Handbook is a detailed guide on how to create, sell, and buy non-fungible tokens without the need for a technical background. You get a chance to learn exactly what NFTs are, how they've evolved, and why they have value. And the best thing is you can find the NFT Handbook anywhere that books are sold. Now, for today's episode, I'm going to be talking to a company known as OneRare. And we have the founders of OneWare uh, on, on with me. Uh, are, you, are you all there? Yes, absolutely. Yes, Hi, Q. Absolutely. Hi, Q. What's up? What's up? Could you introduce yourselves just, just very briefly so that the listeners know who you are? Sure. I'm Supreet Raju. I'm a co-founder at OneRare. Uh, I'm a designer, so I bring the entire creative strategy to OneRare. Cool. And I'm Gaurav. I basically have a background in engineering as well as marketing. I've worked with different companies on growth hacking over the last decade. Uh, in 2017, I entered the crypto arena. And ever since you go down that rabbit hole, there's no coming out. So I worked with Dash as part of the Dash developer program. And then over the years, I've built my own projects. And uh, slowly while building, uh, we decided to build something that everybody could relate to. So here we are with OneRare. Makes sense, makes sense. So the way I understand it, OneRare is creating the Foodverse, which is a tokenization layer that celebrates uh, food culture in the Web3 dimension. And you're creating this immersive and gamified experience for food lovers and connoisseurs worldwide. But tell me a bit about how that idea even came to be. Okay, so we got the idea in January 2020, uh, in the January of this year, and it actually came with a very simple thought. It came from, uh, you know, NFTs had just started happening in a ma massive way. There was people, you know, pay willing to pay so much for a crypto punk and everybody's like, what's going on? Uh, and we just were looking at various things happening and thinking like, there has to be a project, there has to be something that... Um, would allow people to actually convert their blockchain interest into active participation. Uh, and we thought food is a great theme to do that because when we talk about food, uh, it's just something that has no language. Everybody loves food. Everybody has a favorite dish. Everybody has family recipes. There's just so much comfort around the concept of food uh, that we thought it's something that would encourage anybody across the globe to actually come and engage with a blockchain project. There's a very high barrier of entry to most blockchain projects today, you know, they're very tech oriented. They need you to understand five things before you even log in. Uh, there's just a lot of gameplay that is directed at that male tech savvy gamer. Uh, but there aren't a lot of projects that are just making it open and easy for everyone. And on the second note, uh, the reason we chose food was because, uh, you know, like when we were in school, there was these math books that would have fractions and they would be like apples and oranges divided, so on. So kind of thought of that concept where uh, having food would make a lot of steps easier and educational for people. And one of the reasons why we uh, ended up building Fundred uh, was that when like people would ask me, you know, what is the blockchain? What is all this crypto business about? Um, it become became very difficult to try and explain to people what this is and how it all works. So I just felt that, you know, if there was a simpler way to explain to people how crypto works, how to make a wallet, how to do the basics really, 
uh, we just thought that you know you can create so many videos but you learn by doing and if we are able to create this simple relatable game that uh, you know i would want to play so that i could learn about crypto so you know that was really the thought process behind trying to build it and we started very small we just wanted to build something to show to our friends uh, that hey this is how it it all works and it just snowballed from there i mean it, it just kept on growing and growing and growing from there it's interesting right because you know i agree with supreet when she says that food is the world's only common language right like it, there is no language when it comes to food outside of the dish right if i if i like a certain dish and, and you as well as, as long as we both enjoy it there's a shared experience or a sixth sense that 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 comes to to being because of that and when i think about it i i i also like your point grav uh did i say that right yeah okay yeah so i also like your point too where we're talking about uh just learning by doing because i agree that people only really learn when they have experienced it and some people experiencing is enough by just you know watching someone else do it or reading or getting you know that 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 little concentration of knowledge to share with them but for most people the experience is is in the is in the practice right you've got to go through it a few times and the the fact that you all have created this food verse is is just fascinating because the way i understand it right now is you know the nfts as they as they exist are ingredients so if I have potatoes, salt, and oil, then I should be able to make French fries, right? But I, I'll need the potato uh, NFT, I'll need the salt NFT, and I'll need the oil NFT. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely, absolutely. It's all about bringing dishes together by collecting the one rare recipe of it. Now, the recipe is nothing but a list of ingredients, like you just said. So for every recipe across the world, the same way if you want to make them at home, you need the ingredients, right? You're not going to be able to pull off uh, chicken wings without the chicken. So people go around a food wars and collect all these ingredients. And once they have the ingredient NFTs, they can go claim the dish. You know, it's an interesting game, too, because we, we know the concept works. Like, I remember playing uh, Diner Dash when I was a kid. You ever yeah. That? Yeah. And like in Diner Dash, for the people that haven't, uh, basically, you have this character and she is uh, she's a, a waitress of some sorts. And she uh, collects the, your order and then it's your job to take it back to the kitchen, prepare all the ingredients and then bring the plate back out uh, to the table. There's also a. Uh, there's also another game on Switch. Was it called Overcooked? Uh, are you familiar with that game? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it is Overcooked. Yeah, it is. Like, go, go, overcooked is, is more about like, you know, sort of the chaos of like, you know, that is more like team building. Uh, One Red is more like, you know, forced, uh, focused on the economic aspect uh, of like, you know, collaborating. Um, and essentially, like, you know, it works on this principle of... Um, so you start with farming, where you essentially, you know, farm for ingredients. And so you, you farm can your use ingredients. This... You farm your ingredients in one way, run where. Yeah. So wow. so I'll, I'll just quick, quickly, quickly take you through this. Uh, so if you want to make a French fries, you don't necessarily have to start with buying the ingredients. You can also farm them. So you can farm for an oil, for a salt, and for a potato. Now, once you have all these three ingredients, you can either sell it to a collector who's trying to make French fries uh, as a play-to-earn farmer, or you can go and make the French fries yourself. Now, the thing is that in the world, 
more than one person loves french fries so the first person to make the french fries can make it with just one of each ingredient one of oil one of salt and one of potatoes but for the second person who wants french fries they need to bring in four oil four salt and four potatoes so it works on the square law so essentially the people who get in first and make their nfts are at a significant advantage over those who come second third and fourth because it almost becomes impossible as the number of mints increase uh, to mint those nfts anymore so we essentially have this mechanism by which minting difficulty increases as people start claiming the dish nfts got it so like i mean that was a very simple explanation and i love it when you know founders are able to come on and, and explain their idea in plain english my question is like it does remind me of some earlier games on facebook when i think about the cooking craze and farm bills of the world and you know there's this there was a certain intentionality that stemmed from those games right they made it simple and contagious it brought people back to facebook so facebook liked it at the time and you know it was a it was something to do it sounds like you all have taken a, a page out of that book is this is the goal here to keep it simple and contagious uh i think for us like any other web3 project the core difference is that when uh you build a blockchain project you rely immensely on the community and you actually reward the community for turning up so when a game like farmville does well yes they do employ a mechanism where it's contagious and you have to keep coming back to farm and to crop uh but the entire reward the entire earning goes to facebook the core difference we have is that uh when we were building wonderrare the community is an active voice so uh we have kept it simple like i said for the removing that high barrier of entry so that any person can come and understand the blockchain uh but we leave the contagious part to our community to come and decide to come and vote on recipes to engage over food uh and to feel like they are part of the ecosystem not somebody just funding a corporation Well that's interesting too because at the same time there's a lot of things that people will be able to do in the game as I understand it right from just in this description it sounds like you'll be able to farm which is like a play to earn where you get the land and then farmers can grow the ingredients for their crops that's how uh, you just were describing it earlier and then you have a farmers market right because then the farmers can then take their crops and sell the yes. right stuff to uh, collectors and yeah. the collectors then have these uh ingredients these ingredients and or not i guess not ingredients they become produce at that point right yeah so basically what is interesting is that because it's a metaverse farm because it's a farm of our whimsy you can yeah. grow any kind of ingredient not just what comes out of ground but you can grow your cheeses you can grow your soy uh, sauce so you can grow any ingredient across the sphere everything that is needed to make a dish so okay. uh, when people come into the farmers market they can sell anything that they have harvested so now a salt would of course take a very short harvest time because it's a basic thing but if it's something like an exotic cheese or uh, you know just a very uh, maybe a complicated uh, like a caviar for example uh, that would take a bit longer so farmers get to decide a which ingredient they want to farm do they want faster results or slower as well as kind of determine where they want to be in terms of pricing so if there are too many tomatoes in the market they might want to consider moving to the potatoes because there would be an advantage to that So it's intensely our game is intensely community driven because they get to earn from various aspects and their strategy would determine how much they make. 
Yeah, no, and, that's, and also that's... farmers need to be very, very smart in terms of what they are farming. So if everybody keeps farming the potatoes, the price of potatoes will crash. So the smart farmer who who understands that. So instead of farming the potatoes, if I actually grow corn, I'm that farmer may be able to make uh, much more money because there there are just less people growing it. And if suddenly the demand for corn rises because of like some Christmas recipes that come in, those farmers will stand to benefit. So it's it's a it's a simple game, but it requires a lot of strategy and a bit of vision to essentially uh, maximize and optimize your opportunities and maximize your earnings as well. No, that makes sense. I mean, we're just talking about the farmers here. And once you get to the collectors, like once the farmers sell their stuff to the collectors, the way I understand it is people go to the kitchen and they read the recipes and combine these in dish that they, so they read the recipes and then they combine the ingredients that they, that they've just collected uh, from the farmers uh, to mint the dishes. And then the dishes is where it gets really ex exciting because then you can go to the playground. Right. And then, the, the people that have dishes can battle in many games. Yes, absolutely correct. So that is the whole concept of a food verse. You know, when we create uh, a metaverse or, you know, we try to create a virtual world, not everybody will want to do the exact one thing. Everybody has a different interest. Everybody comes from a different place. Uh, and so, yes, farmers are the play to earn aspect, but you're absolutely right because uh, for most people, it is making a dish. So including having bragging rights to like the only uh, cheeseburger that was created by a special chef across the world. Uh, and then using that to play more games, you know, going in for a food truck war game and battling it with other owners. There's just so much that you can do around food. Uh, and we're looking to attract users depending on what attracts them, which particular aspect they care for. Fascinating to me is not one that there's a lot. I guess there's two things. Uh, as a user, as a collector of NFTs, and just like as someone that gets excited, this is a game that makes a lot of sense to me, right? I see it from inception all the way to like the person that like goes really hardcore in this like let's say you were an aspiring chef but you still never figured it out in the kitchen you can you can pretty much live your fantasy and get involved with nfts by just playing uh this game on run one way one rare absolutely absolutely and that that's cool but then there's a whole nother dimension here right because food is something that we as marketers, right? So when I, now I'm talking as the marketer uh, that I am. Uh, food is one of the few areas where the product doesn't change much, right? And I think some marketers might fight me on this. But if you buy an apple from one farm versus another farm, apples kind of the same unless there's a special uh, process. But what happens is uh, a lot of people like a grocery store or a wholesaler will buy those apples, right? And they then put those labels on there. And they then bag them and then they, they, they package them and then they go into the grocery store. And what happens? Uh, the prices change based on the label. You all have that same ability in this game where you can have partners uh, that can say like, hey, I want to be, you know, the official uh, wine partner, which I think you have. With, what, was it Weave? Yeah, with Weave. Yeah, they, it's a Nordic blockchain project and uh, we've partnered with them for their wines. Well, like, this is crazy, right? Because then you've thought about pet food partners and uh, how to feed people in the game. Like, there's so many different areas where, like, the partnerships here are just absurd. 
how did that come to life? And especially for something that hasn't uh, been publicly accessible just yet, how are you, how do you go about closing and thinking about those partnerships? It's just so logical uh, for us to be able to explore some of these partnerships uh, simply because we're like, hey, who eats food? And then we just have to like, you know, look at like this game that, uh, you know, people eat food or they're like warriors who eat food. So we just go and like, you know, it just sort of logically makes sense to, you know, just align with them. Yeah, and I think because nothing as such has popped on the blockchain industry yet with the entire food and beverage industry, which is just so massive, you know, the opportunity. In fact, the escalated growth of the industry during the pandemic when everybody is watching cooking shows, trying to make that recipe, you know, cracking that banana bread or the Delgona coffee. Uh, the interest in cooking is so large that chefs and restaurants and, uh, you know, food brands have a massive opportunity to come and engage with the global audience versus just their local audience. And uh, whatever we have been doing in the industry till now uh, has kind of told us that people are ready to come and experience. Uh, in fact, I went uh, for an AMA just today and they were like, are you replacing the NFT artist and the art with a chef and his dish? And I said, yes, because it is culinary art in the chef's art are also creative uh, and they do have a right to be represented in NFTs on the blockchain. So I think it's just a very interesting opportunity for the food industry to come onto the blockchain and uh, maybe actually find wider distribution because they end up getting so popular. Uh, maybe there's an American brand that you know gets popular in Australia because of the NFTs and they can actually find distribution there. And how amazing would that be? No, it'd be really amazing. I mean, this idea is just really well thought out. Um, just in my experience, when it comes to creating and thinking about how to uh, bring an idea to life, you all have a really, really strong idea. Does it does it scare you a little bit that like, you know, the launch is coming up, it still isn't out there. And you, you don't know how people will respond to it before uh, you put it out there. And in many ways, like I, I, my, my cousin's a chef. And so he always, he, he's very protective of a dish when it's in the, uh, I would say his incubator, when he's in the kitchen and he's preparing the things, like there's moments where he's like, no, nah, just get out the kitchen. Cause get out the kitchen. Like I'm working <laughs> on this. Are you all in that same mentality where you're like, Oh, like it's, it's, it's getting closer and closer to the date. This is coming out. Where, where do we land? Yeah, it is. It is indeed extremely scary, like you said, because uh, we just started with a very small project idea where we thought that, OK, let's do a project uh, which at its core was actually just the concept of combining ingredients to unlock a dish. That was it. Uh, that was where we started from. And it has grown into something uh, absolutely massive for us. Uh, so do, we do get scared. There's no doubt about it. But uh, we are builders at heart. So we just hope that our community, our uh, you know uh, team can just hang in there with the patients to see this through. Because the vision is in place. Uh, it is a matter of building that through. And at some level with the metaverse, we just feel that, you know, it is... It is ever expanding. Uh, there is no, no no clear direction at any point of time. I believe the metaverse will go where people want to take it, where the community wants to take it. So our vision is to essentially work with the community and sort of coordinate those efforts. But we want it to be an organic way of you know building the metaverse. Uh, so as to speak, we want it to be a community-driven approach uh, to the metaverse. 
and we also want uh, social responsibility to be at the core of what we are trying to do with the metaverse. You talk about metaverses, and it's a it's a hot buzzword right now. What is a metaverse to you all? Just I'm curious because you've been thinking about this food verse for a while. Uh, it's obviously evolved. We all have seen the announcements that uh, Facebook, now known as or formerly known as Facebook, but now Meta, has uh, d- d- dived into. And so I'm just curious, like for both of you, what is the metaverse? Well, uh, the metaverse is essentially another world where uh, mostly online, mostly digital, where users can not just interact with each other, but also be part of a shared experience, uh, not just you know by way of graphics, but also connected in other ways. Uh, it's highly collaborative. It is, it is a way of uh, essentially experiencing something uh, which is entirely new. And it, although it's, it's very hard to put a definition to it, uh, simply because there is not one yet, uh, there are and there are many ideas of the metaverse. Uh, at its core, I believe where people are free to communicate with each other, trade with each other, transact with each other, uh, build together, uh, play games uh, with each other, and essentially, while still being uh, not physically present, they are able to experience um, each other's presence in a very new way. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, nobody else is picking the bone, so I'll pick it with Facebook. <laughs> I think uh, what they have basically done is they've come in and, uh, you know, they, they could see this buzzword. Of course, they're not a blockchain company. Uh, so they came in, they picked up the metaverse world, and they have kind of gone and presented a vision uh, to the masses that is nowhere close to even them realizing it. And what they've done is that they have gone and like you said, right, what is the better verse according to you? They're kind of killing that question by stopping people from imagining a better verse different from what they have proposed. They are saying, okay, this is what a metaverse looks like. Our company is meta. We have this word now. We figured this out. Uh, but the reality is they haven't. Crypto natives like Decentraland, like Sandbox are doing a phenomenal job. Their metaverses run today in whatever way, in whatever technology uh, can be created, those are running today. So uh, for me, the metaverse is absolutely not what Facebook says. Of course, that is their version. And I mean, uh, they should develop that. Uh, but for me, a metaverse is simply an extension of what we have been building digitally of our lives for the last 10 years. We did not have active uh, you know, Instagram accounts in 2010. TikTok didn't exist, at least for me, in my spectrum. Uh, and for the last 10 years, it's reached a point where a brand today cannot go to market without having influencers on board, you know, till they do not have a social media person talking about them. Uh, they do not feel the confidence in a news channel or a television ad anymore. So that entire process where, you know, we're talking over Zoom or we're, you know, like communicating without having to set up this interview in person, uh, that extension of our digital lives, owning digital assets, that is where the metaverse is going to lead us towards where we want to curate our digital life better, where we care about uh, meeting more like-minded people rather than worrying about what city of the world they're in. Uh, and that idea will keep evolving. We can't really just 
in 2021, we cannot sit and agree to Facebook's idea of the 2050 metaverse. You know, we have to kind of accept other visions that come in, other people that come in, uh, and what they think of the metaverse like that. No, I love both of those points, and it, it takes my mind in, in two directions. The first direction is I agree with you, Supreet, that we are in a space right now, especially post-COVID, where it does not matter your location. Because of the internet, because of the remote work, because of where we are, like we always, like when I was growing up, there was this idea or this concept of globalization. And there was just like this rush towards it. And it was almost like this, uh, it was something that people talked about and described, but nobody could really place or give a timeline as to when it would happen or when it would occur. They were just saying like globalization, 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 globalization. And now we're at a point where I think it's happened, right? I think it's happened right now. I think that the, all the talking and all the describing of what globalization would ultimately become was just preparation because people knew that there was going to be some shift and there was going to be some moment where it was true. But now it is. I mean, we're talking and you all are in uh, India, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where in India? We're in Delhi. You're in Delhi, India, right? I'm all the way on the East Coast, right, in, in, in New York. And when we think about where we are and, and, and how we can connect and communicate and even shit, knowledge share, like there's this idea where you all are thinking about a metaverse. I'm thinking about a metaverse. We're having a conversation. We're building. But to the second point that I'm seeing here is education. We're both learning fr from the same events and digital occurrences and we're both having a dialogue about those things and saying hey this is how i feel or this is the direction i want to take it and there's never really been a time like that that i can remember in my lifetime or in uh in in in, in just history like an historical context and what's what's fascinating most about it is it's all instant right like it's like if something happens we're all experiencing it at the same time simultaneously and we can all build from it and we can collaborate too. There's a le level of collaboration where if you all have an idea for the food verse and you want to test it and you see that, you know, people don't know much about NFTs, you can play two roles. One, you can test your idea, get feedback, but two, you can help educate the masses about NFTs, which to your earlier point, Hey, we want to challenge or take on Facebook. It, 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 it used to be, you would need to come to the U.S., go to Silicon Valley, convince some VCs to raise money. And that's just no longer true. Like, I mean, there's threads of that where it's always going to be the case and, you know, that will always happen. But you're at a point where you all are in, in Delhi, India, um, are about to launch a, 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 what looks to be a, a very massive crypto project. And, you know, you're, 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 you're taking a step forward on some emerging technologies that are inevitably going to have a huge impact in all of our lives. And to me, that's just exciting. But the question I have from that is on the educational front, because you're exploring this, not only with the community, but as with yourselves, and obviously you're going to pivot, you're going to learn. But there's, there's a group of players in the industry that are just because of what they do, just because of some of the setbacks they had, they're already, you know, 10, 20 steps behind. And those players that I'm describing are the smaller independent um, CPG brands like consumer uh, packaged goods. So you think about the chips or 
uh, the, you know, granola bars or whatever is a consumer packaged good you'd find in a grocery store or even the grocery stores themselves, the smaller ones that are still, you know, not necessarily a part of a big chain. They're still just your local supermarket and mom and pop has had it for a few generations. Those concepts still exist all over the world and they're still very uh, integral brands within those spaces, right? There's a lot of cool CPG products that uh, people all around the world know and love and will do anything to really get their products. Like I know a friend of mine who goes to grocery stores around the world and he like looks for this, this local uh, it's a, it's a chocolate orange and he looks for this chocolate orange. And it's like so funny because everybody he knows just rags on him. He's like, man, it's the best thing ever. It's the best, the best thing ever. <laughs> it's like, always food. It's the familiarity of food, right? It, exactly right and it's like dude like they're not gonna have a chocolate orange in the middle of vermont and he's like oh, gonna find it. and so and so he does that right um but to my point is those smaller brands how can they uh, take part in your food verse that you're creating so i think uh just like i love the point that you made about globalization i absolutely agree i think like uh, the events of the world are uh, more synced together. We experienced co coronavirus together. Uh, the 5th October outage of Instagram was experienced together. <laughs> People thought their social lives have collapsed overnight. Uh, and coming to the mom and pop stores, that is the beauty of us building a metaverse versus Facebook. You know, in the same way that to get to the blockchain, there is no barrier of what size of a brand are you? You know, it is a matter of taking that leap of faith, whether you're a small store, a small brand, uh, a place like OneRare uh, is more than open and accepting to bring those brands as well. I think it will be a very interesting opportunity, for example, for the chocolate orange uh, friend of yours, the one who loves the toffee, uh, to actually see that NFT uh, you know, uh, on one rare and, and think about that and think about all his memories. So I think it's a very interesting space, irrespective of what uh, business size you are, uh, because you can take that chance and just, like I said, challenge uh, yourself to find new audiences, challenge your new markets somewhere that would emerge that you're not even aware of. Well, you know, and, and the, the bridge off of that, uh, what's fascinating there is you're starting to see uh, the creator economy emerge and we're seeing what that will manifest into right now but one area that we are seeing kind of unfold in that domain is you have established creators go and create uh, online businesses that are essentially like they'll either white label a product or they're partner with somebody to make a product and uh, there is a component of that where they're, they make food brands, right? So I think uh, the Jonas Brothers, they made a popcorn brand, if I remember that uh, correctly. And, you know, it's funny because I could see a celebrity saying, hey, instead of launching like an actual real world food item, we, that was the plan. That was the strategy. How about we just start in one rare, test it. And if we can get traction there, then maybe we'll take it. Uh, we'll go the reverse route where we'll start the supply chain and turn it into a real product that people uh, can then get. And maybe some of the token holders will get, you know, a free, they can, they can redeem their token and get free bags of, you know, the popcorn or whatever the food product is. Have you already had those conversations or thought about that? No, I think uh, Q, we need to bring you on as advisor because I think that's a fantastic idea. And that's the thing about the metaverse uh, that, you can keep essentially, you know, coming up with ideas. I think what you're talking about is product testing and having worked uh, in marketing for some years, I believe that 
this is something that's entirely doable on OneRare, that you can come up with almost a fictional product and you can test it out with the audience and see you know, if they like the branding, if they like it. And you can take those metrics literally and you know, convert it into a real product. So I, I think this could you know, uh, germinate lots of new ideas, lots of uh, you know, new ways of like consumer marketing. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. We're going to discuss it hopefully and uh, you know put it on one day. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's it's actually been that you know every call we have the excitement of the food wars, uh, an idea that we just started developing last last week. I'll share that with you, where we decided that uh, you know we will work on creating a food fridge, uh, and people can come and put their dish there, put their ingredient there, and we'll try to set up a real life food fridge in a impoverished place or you know in in a locality that may need it uh, and supply that food uh, you know have that opportunity to give that food away via charity for free uh, and give people across the world a chance to go and fill up a fridge that's a unique way to approach philanthropy philanthropy it's a unique way to approach philanthropy just given the state that we're in with crypto a lot of people are crypto rich right now they want to give back yes uh, they donate these tokens to charities or uh, foundations and the foundations are like, what the hell do I do with this token? Whereas if <laughs> you said, hey, we're going to take the token, we're going to create the infrastructure so that uh, that token can ter- be turned into real food that can you know, potentially solve a food desert. Uh, that's a that's one heck of an idea. And then, you know, it's it's great thinking, too, because you, I don't know if you all saw the tweet where uh, someone uh, tagged, or one of the foundations tagged Elon Musk and said, hey, yeah, and they were like, you could end world hunger today uh, or something in that direction. And, and, and it was funny because Elon responded back saying like, show me the transparency on how to do this and I'll do it. And I don't know if they responded yet, but- the Yeah, I think time- UNICEF, if I'm not wrong, UNICEF tagged him saying $6 billion will eradicate world hunger. And he said, let's go for it. Uh, what show me how you'll do it i i don't think they responded back because it's going to take more than an organization it's going to take a lot of small seeded efforts a lot of local efforts uh it's it is yes of course a problem that does require money to solve but it also requires initiative it requires intent to be honest that people on ground are willing to execute the plans with that money that makes sense that makes sense well Unfortunately, we are at time. I, I really enjoyed this episode and I could I could go back and forth with you all on just ideas and, and concepts for the foodverse. If you are listening to this and you want to get involved, where what's the best way to do that? So you can basically, we are heading closer to launch and we are active across all our social media. So uh, catch us anywhere, catch us on our Twitter, Telegram, Discord. Uh, you will find us there as well. We are, we really believe that we need to be an active part of the community. So you'll always find me there, if not Gaurav. So uh, come and say hi, come and share your ideas. Uh, would love to hear. We're building something that does require a village to build. <laughs>